All right, we are live for a Thursday edition of the Mike and Mario Show. And uh, once again, excited to connect with you, Mario, to just basically go over this past week and as well as all the things ahead, just because everything is unraveling right now. And I uh, definitely want to get your take on some things. So before we jump into that, how are you doing, my friend? Yeah, I'm doing well, Mike, and you? Oh, doing good, man, doing good. And so it seems like everything that you know we've been talking about for several years now seems to be coming to a head right now. And I, I would imagine more and more people are really – uh, anxious yet curious to see how this all plays out just because it's touched a lot of people's emotions this past week with the closure of the banks and people not being able to get access to their funds. And of course the 97 percentile of the above 25, 250,000, not sure if they will get their money or not, but then again, here comes the, uh, you know, the backstop that uh, provides a, a way for them to get their funds. But anyway, man, lots of things is going on and nothing really has started in comparison to what we think is going to be coming in the future. And so uh, let's just jump right in, man. So uh, as of right now, that backstop program seems to be uh, offering a sigh of relief so far in this country here. But then again, of course, the contagion has kind of trickled over a little bit to um, to uh, Europe. But the, here we have new Fed bank backstop has a scope to inject as much as two trillion dollars. And then I saw earlier you mentioned that, you know, or somebody mentioned about, you know, is this like QE all over again? <laughs> and so here we go. Two trillion that possibly will be utilized to back up what this article talks about here, the regional banks, just because that's for the most part what they have in those underwater debt obligations, i.e. bonds that are being held by them. And this is just a way to paper those people over. But we're not even talking about the bigger banks. But, you know, what are your takers on, on this? And, you know, will two trillion be enough just to calm the waters? And then how much will be needed for the GCs if we get to that point? Yeah, you mentioned earlier as well about this uh, 97% of the uh, deposits in SVB were above 250000 mm -hmm. So the Fed, they, they did this uh, backstop called BTFP, mm -hmm. basically guaranteeing multimillionaires uh, deposits. And that just goes to show that that bank wasn't really, uh, it was more like a business bank and they didn't manage risk that well. That mm -hmm. two trillion uh, backstop, I guess, if you look at the whole uh, FDIC uh, report for for the fourth quarter, I think losses, uh, uh, unrealized losses, are around six hundred and twenty uh, twenty billion. Mm -hmm. So I guess two trillion could could be enough. And that's not an announcement by the Fed. That's what. Uh, an uh, analyst at JP Morgan thinks they'll have to do. Yeah. And yeah, I, I think that's QE. Uh, what else is it? Uh, unless they keep it off their balance sheet, but that's just a, a farce. If they don't put that on their balance sheet, they could put it on a, what they call a special purpose vehicle. But mm -hmm. people would see right through, through that. And as you said in the beginning, um, yeah, things are uh, unraveling. And uh, ultimately, it's all the debt that's been created mm -hmm. since uh, the 08 crisis. And even before that, we could go back to 1971. It's all the uh, the system is uh, getting to a point where the debt is too heavy to sustain. And uh, the central bankers think and politicians think that the best thing to, to do is to inject even more debt to keep it going. Well, they don't have any choice. They're really between a, a rock and a hard place now. Yeah. And it's unfortunate that, you know, as a part of this 
And I called it, you know, when I was ran earlier in the week that, you know, the regional banks are, are deliberately being purged. And so it's my suspicion that the goal is to concentrate as much of the nation's wealth and power into the very top few banks that will ultimately survive or try to, or the day, meaning the regulators will, will try to have them around for this next digital transition. And so in, in doing that, it looks as if like a part of my little thesis might be unfolding a little bit just because all the funds is basically racing from the bottom of that, of the, of the, of the currency pole all the way to the top as big banks experience deposit spite after Silicon Valley bank uh, collapse. And so everybody's removing their funds, taking it up to the two big to fail banks, which is causing, which is going to cause even much more of a problem. But then again, when those banks have issues, then what, what about those deposits? You know what I'm saying? So that's where I'm like, it's, it's still a sticky situation no matter what, but you know, does this, does this surprise you at all that people are running from the smaller banks to the bigger banks? No, it doesn't surprise me, but I, I think it's a dangerous um, a move. It's like moving from uh, the, you know, the what's the the saying from the uh, from the fire into the frying pan or whatever, yeah. because I don't think uh, these GSIPs are safer than the regional banks. Uh, I, I think the safest banks are very small local banks. <laughs> to be honest, I wouldn't yeah. be putting my uh, my funds in the GSIPs. There's too much complacency, in my opinion, that the GSIPs will be safe. Mm-hmm. And uh, don't forget, the GSIPs have uh, almost a quadrillion of um, derivatives. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, that's more global because the American uh, banks have probably around 300 uh, trillion or 200 trillion, and it's probably more anyway. But uh, if the European GSIPs go, like Credit Suisse, uh, all the... Um, all the American GSIPs, they, they will be in trouble too. And that's why the Fed, the Bank of England, the ECB, uh, all came out like in the last 24, 36 hours. Mm-hmm. And they've said that they're monitoring the situation with Credit Suisse because yeah. it's so important that Credit Suisse goes, all, all the counterparty risk uh, gets triggered, just like it did with Lehman uh, back in 2008 with the deriv- derivatives. And no one really knows... Uh, where uh, how much of these OTC deriv- derivatives there are because they're all off balance sheet. Yeah. So that uh, that that is save that for save that calamity for a future date is ultimately what what will happen. But uh, while you were talking um, or, or earlier, um, so we have. Let me just go back here to our to <laughs> to our top twenty poll here uh, and just talk because last week we kind of ended on just of course SVB being the focal point. But now, as of now, it's, it's it's starting to spread up. So First Republic Bank this morning opened up. I think the share stock, share price dropped 35 percent. And then what was surprising was that uh, next article here is that we were told that it looks like some of the big banks are getting involved. Let me find that article here because it caught me by surprise if I can find it. But it looks like some big banks have stepped in to try to help provide some cushion for First Republic. Uh, what did I do with the article? Uh, here we go. Okay, here we go. So, yeah, forgive me. Here is uh, the most recent update. This was about an hour ago. And said it says, stocks sour on the First Republic Bank deal talks. And so here we have 
It says, according to people familiar with whatever, uh, several large banks are discussing a potential deal with First Republic Bank that could include a sizable uh, capital infusion to shore up the beleaguered uh, lender. Any deal would need to be a blessing to the regulator. So at, at just off that news in and of itself, it looks like there was a little bit of a, a, a rally uh, in, with their share price there, but it's yet to be determined. But I wonder what, if this is true, what inspired this rather than just the whole backstop using that gateway that has been created or, or, or is this a way of them trying to really put, you know, put out the fuse before it actually implodes even further or what are you thinking? Yeah, it, it means that uh, the big banks are concerned because if uh, number 16 already dropped, uh, felt the uh, domino SVB, mm-hmm. now you, you have number 15, first Republic, <laughs> and then 14, 13, eventually it will get to number one. Uh, which yeah. is JP, JP Morgan. So uh, I think that's what it's about. And it kind of negates this idea that the big banks want to take over uh, the uh, regional banks a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe we're jumping the gun because if they did, they wouldn't help <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. First Republic, I guess. I, I think it's that they're more concerned, uh, yeah, that, that there's a huge uh, problem, not just for the regional banks, but for the whole uh, banking system. Yeah. So, and that's where this, so where everything we're talking about now initiated with the U S and of course it started to spread. And so just throughout the week, I was seeing so many things. I think it was uh, Norway's pension fund or something like that was involved, had some funds at SVB. And so there's a variety of European tech companies and, and, and the like were all, incorporated or all had funds at SVB. So the ripple effect went all the way out towards Asia. Then I think it was what, what Monday or Tuesday, Tuesday morning, Asian markets opened up uh, in the red. And then there was talks about situations there. So, and then BNB, BNP Paribas, uh, the French bank, as of, I think yesterday was in the news because their share price wasn't doing too well. Try to do some quick little research, nothing popped out. So I'm not sure if it's, you know, you know been pacified over or whatnot, but, you know, so in Europe, Europe is no better than the U.S. And as of today, their rate, their hiking rates continuously, which leads me to believe that next week, you know, Jerome Powell might find a way to at least a quarter just because he wants to stick to his uh, his, his jawboning. But and so will there be a similar situation? Of- Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture, and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Of the banks in Europe that are basically been NERP, ZERP for the last eight, nine years, will there come a day of reckoning for their banking sector, given the fact that they're in the same debt, you know, type of fiasco that we're in as well. So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, uh, Europe uh, has had problems with the banks for the last 12 years, like in Italy, Greece, Cyprus, and, and uh, of course, now Credit Suisse. And Credit Suisse, some people think it's an outlier, but it, it's just a poster child for these two big to fail banks. Mm-hmm. So Europe is uh, no, you know, they're part of this uh, problem. They're going to be uh, affected big time. And that's why the ECB, the Bank of England, mm-hmm. were keeping a close eye on Credit Suisse. 
as well. It, it's all the interrelationship, all, all the derivatives that they trade with each other. Credit Suisse as well. Don't forget uh, their primary uh, dealer with the New York Fed. So they're big in the U.S. as well, uh, on their own in the U.S. So it's, uh, yeah, all these banks, um, one goes, the, the, the whole system goes. I think in 1931, there's a big Austrian bank, Credit Anschaut, mm-hmm. uh, that, that collapsed. And uh, a lot of Americans lent money to Germany, and Germany lent a lot of money to the Austrian bank. And eventually, there's a, a banking crisis in the U.S. a couple of years later when FDR um, took office in March of 1933. That's when he had to declare a bank holiday. So uh, I, I would say that uh, in 19, uh, sorry, in 2023, mm-hmm. if we had a failure of, let's say, SVB or Credit Suisse, it would it would take a lot less than two years for it to spread. It would take, be a matter of weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Europe is not exempt uh, or immune from, from this, nor nor is the UK, of course. UK is probably in even worse shape. Uh, we had an SVB UK uh, bank here that had to be uh, taken over by HSBC for a pound. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure the government and the Bank of England uh, helped, told HSBC, don't worry, take over it. We'll... Uh, We'll come to your rescue if you have problems. So again, yeah. taxpayer get, gets hurt. And that's why I keep telling people the way you fight these people is not to deal with them. Keep as little uh, funds as possible with them and keep stacking, you know, mm-hmm. keep stacking. Yeah. There's yeah. some. Uh, I, I bet from this week or, alone. Or if you were uh a low blood pressure, keep borrowing and buying silver. <laughs> More debt than uh, Credit Suisse, I heard. Low blood pressure. Yeah. So I imagine this week alone, there's been more people uh, running towards the exits because, of course, we got a little crypto blip. But then again, of course, gold and silver is doing quite well despite all this craziness going on here. And I, I haven't seen the typical, you know, slam down of the metals that we've seen in prior years. So I wonder. Is it becoming that much more challenging to do that, given the fact that you got a lot of big players now looking to exit out of this complete debt unraveling? So it makes it a lot harder to, to, to try to cover the price action. What are you thinking? Uh, if I was a, you know, a billionaire right now and had money, uh, different banks, uh, yes, I'd probably be moving it if I had it as some regional banks to the big banks. Uh, but I'd also be thinking, how can I be completely outside the whole banking system? And there's only one, one way in terms of uh, monetary asset, and that's gold and silver. I guess you could be out, out of it as well in other assets like hard assets or tangibles. Mm-hmm. But uh, liquid monetary asset, yeah, gold and silver. Yeah. So here we have a super chat. appreciate you. Um, let me... Oops, I'm sorry. It says uh, red pill on steroids. It says Jenny Yellen and Christian Lagarde in a thong. <laughs> oh, God. I, I wouldn't want to think of that. No. <laughs> yeah. It, it, so I, I'll just keep it sweet and simple. Definitely not yelling. You know what I'm saying? Yelling. <laughs> she's scared. She's just looking at her scares the hell out of me. So. I think what's uh, the prime minister of, uh, is it Lithuania or one of those countries? Maybe that, but uh, not. <laughs> Yeah, that's a scary sight, man. But appreciate you. 
Um, let's keep it moving, man. So one thing that caught me by surprise as well uh, is that outside of the course of banking fiasco, we still got the whole debt issues, debt ceiling. That's still they're gonna push that to the last minute, and by waiting so long, given all the concerns we have, that stands to not be resolved the way that it has in previous years with some type of last minute package of something. Cause I think they're going to literally break something even more, but uh, so it is, there's more stories surfacing, which is interesting because I'm surprised they're allowing this, but here's a New York post piece in the white, the U S dollar has become an at risk currency. Like, Oh really? Like what's changed? Like, and so of course this article here, you know, highlights a, little, a lot about activities happening beyond the dollar. And a lot of it's been brought on because of the sanctions. Like a lot of nations realize that, you know, you're in harm's way if you're holding something that can be used against you if you don't cooperate. So there's alternatives that are being made and we'll find out how that plays out. But it's just interesting to see how the New York Post is willing to admit that, you know, hey, the dollar may not always be what you think it is. At the same time, the banks are going up. But where yeah. was your take on this? Yeah, I read that article, uh, Jay Newman, actually, and I looked into the guy. He's a retired uh, hedge fund manager for uh, Elliott Capital Management. So, uh, yeah, this is a really uh, thoughtful article. I didn't agree with everything he said. He, like he said, that uh, China, Russia, and uh, I forgot another, you know, are avowed enemies of the U.S. I, I don't think that's true. I, I think the Russians and the Chinese just want to be respected. Uh, equally they don't want to be bossed around but be as it may he's got a point we've been talking about this move away from the the dollar because of all the sanctions and uh, that's what it, that guy notes and he even says that uh, it's very possible that we could have a, a debt crisis or a currency crisis in the u.s because mm -hmm. the west won't be able to uh, print its way out of recessions because uh the the u.s will have to earn its way in the world it will have to keep a currency surplus and things are going to be a lot more expensive because there won't be a demand for the dollar as strong as it ha there has been in the past yeah. but you and i we've been covering this for the last few years it's nothing new yeah and, to, to, and speaking of which um the rate or i'm not sure if it's, it's a is it a race to get away from the dollar or is it a slow progressive uh dialing back from using the dollar just because everybody can't rush to the exit at one time because a lot of people are stuck holding them debt instruments so it's a slow gradual process but along the way you know there's clear signs of where people are exiting to the the the, the bigger players and i think none can be greater than the recent activity with the british pound so that's you know of course your neck of the woods but as of yesterday, it surpassed all-time highs, and here it's still well above the previous highs here. And so if the British pound was a former world reserve currency eons ago, and look at where it stands now in comparison to gold. <laughs> and so it's definitely um, a preferred wealth preservation tool. If you look at this chart <laughs> from this, this started back in uh, 1973, where, you know, it's a lot, it's a lot more. It's a lot cheaper there compared to now in fiat terms. So, but you know, what, what's the sentiment overall in reference to coin dealers and things of that nature in your neck of the woods? Are are people are the majority or general people going towards more coin shops? And is there any interest from more people waking up over there or what? It's a very small um, niche market. <laughs> mm -hmm. If you go out in the streets, uh, 
not many people uh, talk about gold or silver. And, and if they do, for example, like at my golf club, people think it's risky and uh, and so right. on. But I, I, I've noticed, though, there's a pawn shop uh, in uh, near where I live, and uh, they've been uh, selling a lot of uh, silver. Mm-hmm. And uh, they get it from their head office. They're actually not buying from customers coming in and then reselling it. And I went there, uh, I think it was yesterday or the day before, they've run out of silver. And uh, I spoke to the lady that runs the shop. And she said, yeah, people are, you know, it comes, people want it. And she said, Mm -hmm. uh, some people are saying uh, because silver is going to be used a lot for the uh, electric cars and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then I said to her, and also maybe because it's money. And she kind of didn't quite get that. But Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so there is a little bit of a pickup uh, in terms of the the pound uh, versus gold. Yeah, the pound is going to continue to to drop versus gold. It's dropped 99% since 1953. Uh, the dollar's dropped 98. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the dollar's been a little better, but it's still really bad, isn't it? 98% drop in 70, uh, 70 years. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think the last 1% <laughs> is going to be, heck, you know, really uh, eventful. And I think we are in it right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, that 1600 level we broke uh, yesterday, it has come below it, mm-hmm. but we broke through there. That was the fifth time it did that. So there was really strong resistance there. And I think now it's going to fly. And, and uh, I noticed uh, looking at the websites of the bullion dealers, a lot of people here prefer to go online. Uh, there's a lot of uh, out-of-stock coins. Uh, the premiums are still relatively high. So, yeah, and, and one big dealer on the website, it says, uh, due to, let me see what he says exactly. Uh, says, uh, due to high demand, this batch of your uh, order may be delayed by two to three days. So, um, but I still think uh, there's very little awareness of how important it is to have a bit of gold and silver. Uh, I, I told the story in one of my videos the other day that I took quite a bit of cash out of the bank a few days ago. And uh, I was asked, why are you taking your cash out? I said, well, I want to diversify, uh, you know, away from your bank. Mm-hmm. And she said, oh, you can transfer it to another bank. I said, no. Why would I want to do that? The whole system is uh, fragile. So, <laughs> a lot of people, you know, like you're saying, people are taking their money out of the uh, regional banks and putting it in the big banks. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure that that's really a great strategy. You got to get it out of the whole system, personally. I think. Yeah, and speaking of which, uh, real quick, and then we'll get to some questions. But here's an article that you know caught my attention just because this current bank run, as it says here, bank runs used to be slow, where people used to, you know used to, you were forced to stand in line and form long queues, and then that's how people caught wind of it because you could see you could see it visually. A lot of people stand outside a building, but now it's like you go on your phone. And you can transfer your funds out. But then, as you mentioned, like you're transferring it out to another institution. And so uh, just as a little side note here, it talked about how with the SVB bank run that, you know, they were not able to actually finish the full working day because it says uh, about 40 billion, uh, one fifth of Silicon Valley's deposits in just a few hours, probably the agency to shut the bank down before 12 p.m. So. They, you know, it's a digital bank run more so than physical, <laughs> and which led to people, um, you know, and, you know, of course, internet 
Twitter Twitter went crazy. So Twitter definitely amplified that narrative of bank runs, sending people to other places. But and so primary point of all this is that while central banks are trying to prop up the system by creating backstops, which is ultimately more QE, it's going it's going to cause more of a same, more of a problem. But then again, while they're doing that, let me share something else with you. Uh, this is what they've been doing. It says why central banks added 70 billion worth of gold to their stockpiles. And so while they've been preparing for this moment of reckoning, they've also been getting their weight up. And so it just talks about all the lists of the emerging market banks that have been accumulating over the last several years because of these type of events. So it's never been more important as always to continue to get your weight up. So, but uh, I think it's going to become more clearer as to why central banks have been accumulating gold. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Debt goes to nothing, but what do you think? That's an alternative to the dollar as well, isn't it? And you, mm-hmm. you notice that a lot of the countries that are loading up on gold are not uh, real close allies anymore of the West. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's get to some questions, man. Um, feel free to throw out some thoughts, ideas, suggestions, questions. And of course, like literally, this is just one week of, you know, three banks going belly up and some, probably some other ones soon to come or or what else. But um I think we're in the top, top of the first inning still. Uh, yeah, take, take basically, yeah, because we have a long way to go. But uh, I think the good news is I think more people will begin questioning the security, whether or not their bank account is really, for whatever it's worth, if the FDIC insurance actually matters. And then that's where people are going to start questioning that alone which will then cause people to take out a little bit more of their own to either have it in cash form or to put it into something else. And I think that's going to always put pressure on the banks because it's my personal opinion. The confidence is shattered now. Like you're not going to re you're not going to reestablish confidence after all these events is taking place just because it's just the beginning. So, but time will tell. Um, all right. So let's get some questions out there. So if, if you see some questions or whatnot, uh, feel free to jump on them. Uh, let me see anything else stands out. Keep it uh, Cirque, central bank gold holdings still at historic lows. I, I'm not so sure about that, <laughs> whether they're at historic lows. They've been increasing quite quite sharply, but that's not a question. Yeah, okay. but if, even so, like we don't really know what's actually being held in vaults in China and Russia. We just know what the World Gold Council tells us, which we all can probably believe is understated. So the banks that matter, we don't really know what they're holding. Uh, there's a question there from MS Cololia. All right. MS Cololia. I was planning to transfer to a HSBC account or a certified check requiring two SIGIs. Thoughts? I'm not saying that one. Uh, is that, uh, oh, for, uh, 12.27 your time? 12.27 my time. I was planning on transfer. Okay. Oh. Yeah, I was planning on transferring to HSBC account or, or a certified check requiring two SIGI's thoughts. <laughs> that that kind of plays into what we're just talking about. Like, in a, every, every body situation is different. You know, it also depends on how much you're talking about because a lot of people – you don't feel comfortable with moving completely uh, if they have a large amount in comparison to just having a, just a little bit. But um, I don't know. What, what are you thinking, man? Like it's, it's yeah. yeah it's, well, it's, the other thing is maybe uh, all the deposits will be safe. Who knows? Mm-hmm. 
because the the Fed can just say we're going to print ten trillion and back everything, but then uh, by by next year you'd need like fifty dollars to buy a latte. So you know your, your dollars might be there and everything, but they're not going to be worth much. And that's why I think it's still good and still uh, you still have time to. Uh, yeah, put some of your uh, funds, fiat funds, into real money, i.e., uh, gold and silver, and uh, maybe just put a little bit just to protect yourself if you're not too comfortable with the volatility. And the volatility is more a reflection of the in, un, uh, instability of fiat currencies and not of gold and silver. Because when right. you buy an ounce of silver or gold, it's always an ounce of silver or gold. Right. Good point there. So here's another one here. It says, will crypto rise or fall if a bigger war breaks out? <laughs> I'll let you answer that. Uh, my suspicion would be um, the majority of the crypto space would definitely take a dive. But because there's so much hype and hope for Bitcoin, it might separate from the pack and as well as Ethereum. So it could be a receiver of all the extra stimulus that's going to be created because of that, the war effort. So Bitcoin could take off, other cryptos could could dive, or it could just be a rally altogether. So you never know. But for sure, gold and silver will definitely get a boost. What up? I, I don't remember how Bitcoin did during World War II or World War One. So it's just the track record is, you know, the history is not long enough. Uh, I right. definitely hold on to gold and silver. Yeah, 100%. UK Financial Preparedness says, question, are you aware, Mario, that the NatWest are restricting crypto uh, buying now? They probably are. I mean, the, I have my account with NatWest and they're really a pain. Uh, even uh, when I tried to buy some gold and silver a few weeks ago, they were really difficult. Uh, I never buy crypto uh, through the bank. Uh, um, I earn crypto, which really makes sense. Uh, I, I earn Steam and uh, DTube and uh, Hive coins because I, I put all my uh, I, I publish all my videos onto those platforms. So uh, yeah. yeah, so but I wouldn't be surprised if NatWest is doing that because they're partly owned by the government. Yeah, and just imagine if gold and silver goes, you know, take off. It's going to be the same thing for metals as well. And I even saw some stuff out there saying that uh, a couple of bullion dealers here in the U.S. had their accounts uh, closed. They got a, just got a letter saying at certain that time frame, you'll no longer be able to bank with us. And it, apparently it came out of nowhere. So I wouldn't be surprised if they end up cutting out those X's as well. So um, I have a question. It says... Uh, the previous highs of the VIX and the UVXY during the past financial collapses, could you expect to see those similar highs in 2023 financial collapse? Well, it, it's not something I follow too much. Those are derivatives and there are measures of volatility. Uh, yeah, of course, they would probably spike if we have a, a financial collapse. <laughs> and the thing with them is that if you uh, have... Uh, ETFs on them, and there is a financial collapse, even though you might be in the money and making a lot of profit, your broker might not allow you access to 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 your account. I remember in 2020, I had some puts uh, on the, uh, or actually I had uh, calls in the VIX, and I did quite well, but, but eventually when things really uh, crashed, uh, I wasn't able to get out because the, the, the account, you know, the, the system 
IG index froze. Mm -hmm. So that's something you need to uh, consider. I think the best uh, the best way to go short in a crash is to have cash really on the sidelines. Now, here's a concern I have because I hear a lot of people that are, you know, heavy hitters saying that, you know, the next fire sale that's coming, you're going to be able to buy up anything. But I'm, my thought is they're going upon previous experiences like great financial crisis and everything in between where the banking sector in general was relatively stable. Now we're going into something where the banking sector is brought into question, depending on what bank you're at. And if the regional banks are not having issues now, more than likely, a lot of those people will probably put their funds into the GSIBs. Now, when the GSIBs turn to go belly up, then how will you get access to take advantage of those fire sales? If you're sitting, you know, I think Warren Buffett's sitting on a hundred billion or something like that for a rainy day. It's like, okay, you know, will he get bailed out personally or will he lose those funds if everything goes belly up or will it be issued in a new digital dollar? Or, you know, see what I'm saying? But this, ne yeah. this next event, you won't be able to just swipe your card and buy, you know, commercial real estate because you got the funds in the bank because more than likely it's going to say eh, eh, error, you know, say so like, we don't yeah. want you to have access to that. And and the situation could be so fluid, like uh, you could have your funds with the bank and you're going to buy some property, real estate, and you're going to transfer to the seller's bank. And then all of a sudden the seller's bank goes under and mm -hmm. you're stuck. Uh, and also uh, e using brokerage accounts, brokerage accounts, uh, you, you know, they, they could fail as well. They have relationships uh, with banks. Uh, yeah, maybe the best thing to do is to to be out of the system. But uh, Warren Buffett doesn't like gold, so he says. But I'm sure he probably has uh, some coins and bars set aside for for such an eventuality. And and in this eventuality, you probably have to wait for the dust to settle to see uh, some kind of reorganization of the whole banking system. Right. I or agree. you. Or you could barter. You, know, you could barter with someone that's trying to sell something. Um, yeah, uh, UK Financial says looks like both Credit Suisse and First Republic Bank will be getting bailouts. So I try to find out if, if something's changed. Well, other than just well, I, think, I, I think Credit Suisse is uh, getting a line of credit from a mm -hmm. bank that's like almost bankrupt, the Swiss National Bank. Whether that will uh, calm things down. Um, and uh, is I didn't see anything on the this First Republic getting a bailout. I think it's what we spoke about earlier that you said some some banks have helped them right yeah. come in, but I, I see First Republic is down still about eleven percent. It's trading at twenty seven dollars fifty. It did trade below twenty today, but mm -hmm. who knows? Tomorrow it could be at zero. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> that's one of the things you, you never know. Uh, boys, it's starting to look like a lot. Starting to look a lot like the crypto space, and it and it's regulated. I can understand what that uh, that comment said of uh, uh, financial. What's his name? Preparedness. UK financial yeah. preparedness. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think in a way it was possible because the the government still didn't have that much debt. Central banks' balance sheets were like a minimal compared to now, but just to come out and say, "Oh, we're going to bail them out." People are going to look into it and say, this doesn't make sense. It's not going to work. Yeah. Uh, here's another question here uh, from Spinola. It says, do you think precious metals dealers harm the silver market by jacking up premiums? Uh, I don't think so. They, they got to they they run a business. I mean, they, they have they have a business to run. 
and you they got something you want. So it got yeah. to be a little bit of a difference there for, for them to still be profitable. So the reason the margins in silver or premiums are high is because uh, an ounce of silver is the same weight, of course, as an ounce of gold. But an ounce of gold is like two thousand dollars or nineteen hundred to buy, and uh, if they make two percent on that, it's like let's say forty dollar uh, profit. But in silver, it's still twenty dollars. You make two percent, you're going to make four dollars. So that's the problem as well. Is the the price of silver has been so highly manipulated, lower and suppressed, and that the costs of uh, doing business have gone up. So, but the silver hasn't gone up, so they they have to jack the premium volatility as well. Of the price is something that uh, increases premium uh, because uh, the dealers have to um, hedge their positions. Uh, but like Mike said, it's just like running a business. Uh, you have to make a profit. That you, you can't. They can't sell it for cost, or else uh, then it will be really bad because you won't be able to buy any because there won't be any precious metals dealers out there yeah <laughs> here's another question here it says how much more debt can they pump into the system <laughs> uh that is the and, and so I, I i'll go back to somehow some way the underlying problem of everything will ultimately boil down to the top of this pyramid here and so whatever it takes whatever it takes to <laughs> attempt to try to prop this up and it says one quadrillion and of course, we know that's low, low ball figure. So I don't doubt that if they wanted to save the system to prolong things, they'll find some special purpose vehicle tools to bail out the derivatives market. And then that will lead to hyperinflationary type of event. Yeah, but yeah, so yeah, yeah. so in the long run, that's how much that's how much we can probably they can try to get out of this. What are you thinking? Well, the or other thing you, the other thing you mentioned uh, about. 15 minutes ago is the uh, debt ceiling. <laughs> we kind of mm -hmm. forgot that there's still that that elephant right. in the room uh, aside right. from the banks. And I think it's coming uh, home to roost, so to speak, in the end of May, beginning of June. So, uh, yeah, things are really uh, uncertain in, in that sense. And how much more debt can they put in the system? Uh, I, I think we're get, getting very close to the point where they might uh, have to just print, mm -hmm. you know, and um, basically uh, because a lot of these programs, bailout programs are loans. Mm -hmm. So, or maybe a war will solve everything. Yeah, they'll, we'll, they'll need an event. They'll need an event to, they'll need an event, which would be the excuse to be able to restart the monetary yeah. easing again, officially <laughs> and for the world to buy into it or for the U S citizens to say, okay, we need to do this because we have to, support our country yada 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 you know how that goes so um but yet um yeah another thing is because of this debt ceiling becoming an issue my question is who's going to be on the receiving end of all that debt like we know that the world's dialing back from basically knowing that you know they're just basically keep they continue to take out more loans on top of loans on top of loans not able to even touch anything so that's why this alternative stuff is developing from the eastern hemisphere is trying to minimize the exposure to that to where the Fed might have to come in directly and be the only <laughs> buyer if they're not already. So, um, yeah. What else we got here? Uh, wouldn't have seeds. Uh, the eraser debt. Well, if you erase the debt, yeah, you you will. That's a reset, and that's mm -hmm. possible. But the people who would lose out would be uh, all the people on the other side of the 
the U.S. government, you know, like mm-hmm. people who, who save in U.S. dollars, who save in government bonds, and people who are dependent on handouts from the government, all the creditors and the people who, who get benefits, not benefits, but the national, uh, how do you call it, social security and uh, Medicare and all that. So, yeah, yeah. you could erase everything. And also creditors, they, they will be wiped out. Uh, and that's why you have to have uh, very little in the bank. Everything in the bank will be wiped out if you erase the debt. Now, just this something came to mind. Now that the banking sector is being exposed as being basically being underwater with all that, you know, the bad debt they're holding. What about the pension funds? Like, I haven't heard nothing about the pension funds, you know, having issues with the debt they're holding as well. So it's good to say, you know, they're not bailing that out or, or will they? So like the contagion yeah. event of just on bad loans is, is, is going to be an issue that we'll see yeah. more private spring. The other sector is uh, private equity as mm-hmm. well. They're having trouble, you know, uh, Blackstone, they, they're like, uh, they have default and default, uh, defaulted yeah. on some uh, commercial property uh, bonds. Uh, and the other problem you have is, uh, what else? I can't think of it now. There's so many. But uh, I, I, I agree with you. Uh, there's uh, many, uh, many things going on. Yeah, this spring is going to be it's going to be interesting, man. It's going to be yeah. Uh, well, we have about forty minutes. Uh, I don't see any, any other questions, just thoughts. But um, so, Mario, uh, what are you looking forward? To, what should we be looking forward to? We got FMC next week. We'll see how how that plays out. Uh, what else? You got the CPI figures this week, whatever. But I, at this point, it's like you know, I just I don't pay much attention to it, just because with this additional two trillion coming to existence, you know, inflation like. They're continuing to expand the monetary supply, so uh, consumer prices, in a sense, ain't went down, you know, at all to me. But uh, anyway, what are you thinking? Yeah, CPI came out earlier, didn't it? But uh, it's now with what the banks are going through, all, all these data don't don't seem too relevant. But uh, <laughs> yeah, the, the Fed will be important. Uh, they're coming out on the twenty second. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, uh, from what I hear, is that the ex- the market expects the Fed. To do another 25 but then pause but there are some people like nomura uh, a japanese uh, bank uh, who's also a primary dealer at the new york fed they think the fed will cut by 25 and uh yeah they might announce something on quantitative tightening because if they're going to back backstop the system with two trillion uh why keep selling treasuries because the the sale of treasuries is leading to these uh losses for the regional banks so and we got the bank of england as well next week on the 23rd um i'm not sure uh what the expectation there is they might Mm -hmm. uh, hike again or maybe they'll pause yeah so uh just more 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 stuff out there to to come so there's never gonna be a dull moment moving forward like you know as i mentioned like yesterday on the rant is that you know from the moment this stuff broke out to where the public became aware of it it was a turning point to where there's no going back, and it's only going to get, quote, unquote, worse from here on, depending on how you view things and how you're positioned. So, you know, preservation and safety is more important to me at the end of the day than anything else because your average Joe don't have the savviness to take advantage of these opportunities. So minimize your risk is at the end, you know, at the end of the day. But well, all right, my good people, as always, appreciate you for joining us. Uh, you know, the primary point is, do what the central banks are doing. <laughs> and that has a lot to do with the fact that they're getting their weight up while backstopping their own uh, problems that they created. So 
Other than that, enjoy your weekend. Be blessed, be safe, and we'll see you guys next week. Peace.